Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. So here we are in the perpetual weather whiplash of spring in the Midwest. It was 80 degrees and sunny last week, and today is 40 and snowy. But I've decided to embrace spring anyway because, frankly, I'm tired of hibernating. And as always, in our third coast city, there is plenty to get into, so much so that it's like, where do I begin? Well, WBEZ happens to have a spring culture guide. A few of my colleagues have rounded up a list of Chicago theater, opera, art, dance, music, and even flowers. Now, if you're not ready to go outside for the flowers yet, you're good because we're starting off with the indoor stuff. And first up is dance. Chicago has been a dance city forever, and there's only more coming. Cassie Walker-Burke is the external editor here at WBEZ, and we both happen to be dance lovers. So I was excited to talk to her about the scene in Chicago. But she says, actually, there's an international conversation here, too. So Chicago has sometimes, I think, been viewed as an outlier. You have the dance happening on the coast. Certainly New York is a big center here. But Chicago has always had this super interesting dance scene. And for more than a century, has really been a center of Black-led dance companies, which I think is really remarkable. Here we also have a great classical ballet company, the Joffrey, which tours internationally. And we also have Hubbard Street, which is a very well-respected international contemporary company. Mm. And I think the thing that's interesting here that you're, you're seeing and that has happened here for a long time is that the companies here not only create their own works, but they're also commissioning international work. Yeah. So Chicago is this sort of center of dance creativity that I think has at times gotten overlooked, but is really, I think, coming out of the pandemic, really becoming more prominent, which is cool. Yeah, no, that's really dope. So which Chicago companies do you feel like you look out for maybe each year or around this time of the year? Oh, how much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) I love talking about Chicago dance, as you know. Um, There's so many. I mean, I always go see Joffrey and Hubbard Street because, again, those are sort of the two big named international companies here. But I always – I have such a – space in my heart for companies like Joel Hall, which is Joel Hall grew up in Cabrini Green here and is just a pioneer of jazz dance and Mm. just a classic, great experience. I love his dancers. I love his studio. I also always look out for Mutu Theater, which is an African dance company here, which I think is awesome. And then I love companies that come through and that you see do experimental work at places like Lynx Hall. You see a lot of dancers here who are not just... they're not just pledging allegiance to one company. Here you see just ah. a lot of cross-pollination. And so you'll see Links Hall, you'll see these names pop up that are collaborations between different dancers that are choreography showcases. So I think those are always good things to see. Something I would say for somebody who's interested in dance, maybe like a dance curious, is to look for choreography showcases. So the Joffrey usually does one. Um, oh, Columbia Dance Center down at um, Columbia Chicago usually does several. And so you can see just like emerging choreographers here. And because Chicago has 
so much space. I mean, we literally have so much real estate and space that there are these like workshops, there's like big places people can go try things out. And so actually, there's a lot of cool spaces that dancers come together and create. And so those Mm. are great spaces to be in. And so looking even at the calendar of Lynx Hall, which is just a a experimental space is, I'd say, a good recommendation for folks. Okay, thank you for that. You talked about Hubbard Street. What are they up to this spring? Hubbard Street has had, they had a great spring season that was pretty much sold out, I believe. And then they're bringing back a series of works in June, I believe. There's a new artistic director at Hubbard Street who is from the Alvin Ailey Company, is a very respected dancer. And so, and they have a new resident artist, Azure Barton, who's a Canadian dance maker, whose work is very, very cool, very compelling, very visual on stage. Mm. Um, sort of hard to describe, but but in a way that really, I think... Um, I saw it recently and just the audience was such a mix of people and everybody responded to Barton's work in a very cool way. And so that's Hubbard Street. They're doing a bunch of good stuff. Another company that I love, if I can talk about it, is Visceral. And Visceral is a studio. It's also a contemporary dance company. And they are going to have a show in April. And that's another good example of a contemporary dance company, a younger company here, certainly does not have the decades that Hubbard Street has been here, Mm. but is a company that is up and coming and that they're both putting forward new work, but they're also commissioning international work. So bringing that to audiences. And that's going to be April... April 28th at ah, the Harris. Okay, coming One up. night. Yep. One night only. That's that's when you know you. it's like, it must be good, you know, and I got to go. I think so. I also think that dance... You know, and this is this is hard for me to say as a dance lover, but I think that dance just does not enjoy the broad support financially mm. that you see of maybe the big theater companies. And so I think that sometimes it's expensive. The big downtown venues are expensive. And so I think what dance companies try ah. to do is like put their best like literally foot forward yes. um, and try to like put it all in one big bill and try to fill these you know make them make the most of it yeah yeah i guess what it makes me think of is that like they must have so many tour dates (laughs) that they're they're just like we only doing one night here but yeah that makes sense too also talked about the joffrey they have the little mermaid ballet coming up is that going to be the disney version that is not the disney version and i've wondered you know how many people will buy a ticket to see the joffrey and think that they're going to see ariel singing (laughs) some sort of really happy Happy song. Um, But if you really Uh think about the roots of The Little Mermaid, it's based on a Hans Christian Andersen fable. And if you've never read it, it's it's very sad. This ballet is actually based on the John Neumauer version. And he is a choreographer, actually, who was born in Milwaukee, but has done most of his work internationally. And so this version has never been performed in Chicago. Wow. Debut. Debut. Lucky us. So you talked a little bit about Lynx Hall, and I want to get into that experimental work that you're talking about that's happening right now. Um, yeah, what are some spaces, including Lynx, that are that are fostering that? Well, I think Lynx is a good place to start, and there's always something going on. You can just subscribe to their newsletter and get kind of a regular rotation of things. Columbia College is another good one. They have a dance center down um, on South Michigan Avenue. Again, just an easy place to pop in, see an hour of work. And they've had some great people come through very recently, actually. And so I think those are two really good spaces. Okay. At Lynx Hall, there is Terranea, which is about water. There's got, They've got this water theme. They've got politics and social justice kind of intersecting there. I know that it hasn't been out yet, but 
Is there anything you're excited about or anticipating regarding that one? I am really interested in Ternia because I think that so it's a commission that came out of the Arab American Museum in, in Michigan. And so this work is by a choreographer who's based in Minneapolis, I believe, but splits time in Beirut. And so it's really oh, nice. a commentary about water and how water both sustains us, but it also divides us in sort of the geopolitical nature of water. Mm. And if you think about movement and dance and how people move on stage, Water is actually a really cool in- oh, yeah. inspiration, and you can For really sure. see how that might that might really inform the work. And the choreographer works a lot with, I believe, her sister, and so I am very curious about this, and, and we'll, we'll likely go. Yeah, yeah, I feel like. The dancers that we love to watch are strong and fluid, like water. (laughs) It's so true. And, you know, one thing that happened during the pandemic, I mean, I think it was happening before the pandemic, but one thing I really saw happen is that dance Instagram and, I mean, clearly dance TikTok, like dance on social media just became such a thing. And so some of the works that actually we're seeing now on stage, they're coming started on social media. And a good example of that is actually American Ballet Theater is bringing a work that started as a dance film. And it started during the pandemic. And so one thing that I have been doing obsessively sort of is finding dancers that I like and following them on Instagram, looking at them on TikTok, and they have these beautiful like dance films. You see them. They sometimes they show the behind the scenes, the like gross toes, you know, the breaking of the ballet shoes, all of those things, but they also just show work in progress. And I love watching dance on social media. And it's kind of a cool way for somebody to just sort of see what, what do you respond to? What's interesting to you before you plunk down 15 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever on a ticket? Yeah. And so for those of us who are ticket buyers, there's also a lot of opportunities for us to take dance classes as well at some of these companies. Um, that's one thing that I love about places where I go and visit where it's like, oh, okay, like, what's the dancing here? And can I engage with it? Can you talk about how that looks in Chicago? Again, in Chicago, we just have so much real estate, like literal real estate. And so if you think about dance companies and the space that they need to create, we have the fortunate luxury here of companies actually being able to take root in places, warehouses, that kind of thing. And so to make sort of ends meet, they'll also offer classes. And that's not true for everybody, but you definitely see it. And so I think that this is a great way for just the pedestrian dance curious to interact and to participate in this art form. It is so democratic. And so you can mm. take you can take classes very easily at um, Joel Hall is back offering classes Visceral has a great studio that I love over in Avondale. They offer all kinds of classes. And I'm I'm talking about classes for the serious dancer, not professional, also professional, but also just the serious hobbyist, but then also the beginner. Their mm. entire beginner series for people who've never, you know, beginning hip hop, beginning ballet, you you know, you name it. There's this kind of stuff. Joffrey Tower has classes. Um Hubbard Street has moved over to Water Tower Place. There's classes over there, I believe. Gus Giordano up in Andersonville is known for its classes. So there's just classes all over the city. And I think when you start following these dance companies, you'll find that there's also a strong desire to make classes available. A lot of these are paid. You know, you can drop in, pay 15, 20 bucks. But there's also you find these days where they're like, oh, we're going to do a pop-up dance class at the Garfield Park Conservatory and it's going to be free. Or, you know, we're going to do 
always around Halloween, there's like pop-up thriller street takeovers. And I, <laughs> I love, love that. that about Chicago. And I love that there's just the sense that dance is really something that anybody can engage in. Yeah. And that, you know, extends to the city with the summer dance series, which is slightly a little bit different. It's a little bit more ballroom and salsa and that sort of stuff geared. But again, just like free public dance under the stars. And that is really Chicago's ethos. And yeah. I love that about the city. I know that you do some dancing yourself. I do. <laughs> no, um, well, but yes. <laughs> yeah, we both have talked about having taken lessons as youngsters. Um, I'm always dreaming about like this alternate universe where I actually pursued, you know, that dance life. And I wonder if you do any pining over some of these companies or daydreaming of what it could look like for you to be a part of them. Oh, that's such a like a heart stirring question, Erin. And I, you know, I started dancing when I was four. I danced off and on throughout the years. I took probably like seven years off when I had my kids. I took some time off in college. I didn't dance, so I kind of come in yeah. and out of it. I've never really pined for the dance lifestyle. I have such mad respect for the people who do it. It is really tough, I think, on the body. And for some reason, whatever reason, my body never really quite. Um, met me there, maybe where my mind wanted to be. I was also one of those people, I'm 45. And when I was dancing, especially classical ballet as a teenager, I did run into the dance instructors who very clearly told me I did not have the body. And I think that that really affected me as a person. Mm -hmm. And you see there's, there's now, I think, quite a different mind shift in the dance community about how we talk to young dancers and not just women about their their physique and their body. But at the time I was coming up, that was not the the conversational yeah. currency. And no, I think that neither. really impacted me. I was also probably never really good enough. Hmm. But that's okay because it's always sort of informed me and my creative spirit in other ways. Yeah. And I can appreciate and be happy to just take classes when I can. Um, I'm not a very good solo exerciser. So I will say this is really my primary form of exercise. It gets me out of the house for a few hours for my kids. And I've really met some incredible adults who are doing the same thing. Yeah. And, and that's great. Yeah, that is great. You have inspired me to someday sign up, at least sign up for a dance class at one of these places, um, especially from what you said earlier of the city being a place where, you know, you can participate in these structured or non, you know, dance events and dance classes. Um, Cassie, anything I missed that you would want to talk about? You know, I, I would like to say, I, you know, last year was the year of Chicago dance, and there was a particular focus on the mm. city's black dance legacy. And there's a project that started down at the Logan Center for the Arts at the at University of Chicago, which I would say is another great place to see to see dance. They do all kinds of things, but often you can see dance there. And, and I think this project is really, really cool. And it really is focusing on this century of Black-led dance that's been here and how many companies are doing things. And they really try to put together programs that showed six, seven companies. And it's such a great mix. It's everything from Chicago footwork, which is a style that debuted here, to African dance, to jazz. It's really to tap. Um, so you can see really just this just rich amount of creativity here. And they are on their second year. And so those shows, there was just a big show, um, but I believe there will probably be others in the summer. And I would definitely look for those because those are a great ticket where you can see multiple companies and you can just see just the wide spectrum of dance in one place. 
Were you able to go to some of those events last year? I was able to go to some of those events yeah. last year. And I wrote a story actually about another style of dance that was kind of born here called hiplay. And so that is oh. a mix of hip hop and classical ballet. And it is such a fascinating um, that's a fascinating company. They tour again. They tour all over the world, but they're Chicago based and perform wow. here. You know, when you were talking about bodies and what youngsters are told about their bodies, it, it did make me think about race a lot because, you know, there, there's the Misty Copeland story and, you know, there's there's black people in dance who have not been allowed because of their race and, and their physique to participate in ballet. You said that Chicago has a rich history of dance and and black folks participating in dance. Can you get into that a little bit more? I'm happy to. There are several people who I would say are black dance patriarchs or matriarchs who are here. Two people who come to mind, Joe Hall is one, grew up in Cabrini Green, has been teaching jazz dance here for a very long time and really has focused on having a diverse troupe. When you look at Joel's company, you see not not just a mix of races, but you see a mix of ages, which I think is always also very interesting, that it's not just very, very young dancers. Yeah. And so that that's one. Another is Homer Bryant. And so Homer Bryant has runs the Chicago Multicultural Dance Center and it's down in the South Loop now. But Homer Bryant has been has been, you know, running a dance studio here for a very long time. He trained um, the Obama daughters, took classes there. Oh, cute. Um, he's also, tra- he's also like Lady Gaga would fly in and, and work with wow. Homer Bryant. But one of the things that he has created is this dance style called hip lay. And it very much is exactly this idea of combining hip hop, combining ballet, really breaking down this idea that ballet historically has been a white person's art yeah. and and really showcasing black dancers, training black dancers. When you go to his studio, and it is in a basement, even in the South Loop, you see dancers who are practicing doing their craft. And then you see little girls, little boys standing outside and watching that. Oh. And I think that that's just so inspirational. Again, yeah. this idea that dance studios are training while professionals are rehearsing and that you're seeing this sort of what they're showing there. Yes. That black women and men can wear point shoes <laughs> and, yeah. and fuse these styles and then you see youngsters watching that. I just think it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cassie Walker-Burke is WBEZ's external editor. Cassie, thank you for being here. Thank you, Erin. This is the first of a few conversations I'm going to be having with folks about what to get into in Chicago this spring. And it's based on WBEZ's Spring Culture Guide, which you can find at WBEZ.org. You can also read Cassie's article, Nine Great Ways to See the Best of Chicago Dance This Spring, on our website as well. And that's it for today. Thanks to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Cleve for editing the show. Haley Bloomquist was the engineer for this episode. And our theme music is by Louis Weeks. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Listener.